Hi everyone, this is Jean-Marc. I am the creator of DataMesh, uh, the founder of Next Data. We are reimagining what data sharing could look like. We are growing our team rapidly and we need you. If you're a distributed systems engineer, if you're a product manager or designer of a large-scale PaaS SaaS infrastructure, please check out our page at nextdata.com and look at our open roles. We'd love to hear from you. Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about Data Mesh, and we're at over 200 episodes already. This is a Mesh Musings episode where I do a relatively short overview, some might call a few of them rants, on a specific topic related to Data Mesh. I try to put uh, you know, my few summary takeaways in the show notes too to make it easy to decide if this will be useful for you. Quick reminder as well to hit the Data Mesh Understanding link in the show notes to easily review listings of past episodes you might have missed you know, that I've grouped up on different topics to make it easy if you want to do like a deep dive into governance or something like that. Do check out the Data Mesh Understanding offerings as well and the free community introduction and roundtable programs while you're there. Now with that, on to the Mesh Musing. In this specific mesh musing, I'm going to go ahead and give you a quick overview of data mesh that's hopefully a little bit different than probably a lot that you've heard, but it goes into kind of what I would call the onion or the parfait analogy, where we have kind of uh, three layers, and the core layer is you've got this big set of um, data products that are read-only that are you know designed specifically for analytics, but are general purpose in nature. Then the second layer is about shifting the responsibility uh, of owning that data to the domains, shifting left, and then giving them the resources to actually do that, both in the people and the uh, data platform side so that they can actually do that (laughs) And, and that it's not just giving them responsibilities and not any additional help. And then on the other aspect of the the second layer of the platform side is providing a much better experience, a an ability that lowers the bar significantly to being able to actually access and use that data. Again, we'll get into that deeper um, today and in future episodes. Um, and then the third layer is the the people process side, which is the most important. And so, you know, part of that is, again, giving the resources into the domains, but it's also doing a lot from data literacy standpoint so that your team uh, is actually, you know, raising their capabilities so they can better use data to drive uh, informed decision making. Then the the second aspect that we'll get into or the second uh, mesh musing that we'll get into is 
around uh, uh, an analogy that I think is helpful, which is the data mesh kind of like a supermarket versus, you know, just going out and trying to forage for your own food or whatever. It's not that you go in and the food is already prepared and it's organized in domains and that you can understand what you're looking to buy and that you're, um, you know, you can take food from different domains and cross them up into a different meal or a, uh, a dish or whatever. Um, and that you can understand how to do that and that you don't have to go in and ask somebody, uh, do you have this data in, in the, or do you have this food in the back? Can you go check, you know, and you don't know if this is fresh or if it's not so fresh or things like that. Um, and then uh, I give a couple of different ways to, to think about talking about data mesh to others. And so one is the kind of concept that it's, it's a lot like athletic training and, um, that and being prepared so that when you have questions, you can slot data, you know, information in to be data informed. Um, and, and then the second one is around what are we trying to do? Not necessarily what do we get, but this is kind of a, uh, uh, what what could happen in a world where if we significantly increase the context around the data that we share and lower the bar to actually accessing and using that data and raise the capabilities of our team to actually access and use that data, what could happen? So if that sounds interesting, listen on. If it doesn't, that's totally okay too. And hopefully we we have uh, more interesting content for you specifically in the future. If you want to give some feedback as to what would be interesting, I would love to, to hear from you. Uh, you can find my contact info in the show notes, but hopefully this sounds interesting to you. With that bluff or bottom line up front done, let's go ahead and jump into the actual Mesh Musings. I am out of the so today I'm going to try and explain what is data mesh in a very simple way. Before you run away screaming, I'm going to try and do this in uh, about three minutes. So let's think about data mesh in kind of the Shrek context of an ogre is an onion, data mesh is an onion, it's got layers. So thinking about kind of the core layer of what is the actual data mesh, you can think about a service mesh is a set of services that are all meshed together, right? It's not the services that make up necessarily the mesh, it's the interconnections of those services. Data mesh is similar in that we have these domain data products and these Domain data products are literally products made of data, right? They're read-only and they're designed specifically for being used in analytics. They're owned by the domains or the line of businesses that know the data best. They're the ones who can maximize the context instead of passing that over to 
you know, a data and a centralized data engineering team that really doesn't understand the business content. And they're designed to share information in a way that could be used to answer many questions. And what's that different from is how we have historically purpose built so much of our stuff in on the data side to answer specific questions. So it's essentially domain sharing their context as best as they can in these data products. So the domains have additional responsibilities, so we need to give them additional resources. So let's move on to uh, a layer out, and that's those resources include adding the actual people capabilities of dealing with data, people who really know what is data. Um, and so that, that would be data engineer, analytics engineer, things like that. The other piece is a self-service platform. So the domains can focus on, you know, the what of managing data products, not nearly as much of the how, you know, exactly how this is all created. We want to extract, uh, abstract that away so that we can, um, have again, those domains focusing on the business context that they're sharing. This even includes governance. Um, you know, if we can abstract away the tooling of governance and give them the decisions around who should have access and why and things like that, that that really um, speeds up our teams and, and makes it so that we have access by default and, and things like that where we're only masking the data we need to. And, and again, we're really, really increasing the usability of these data products. The other side of the self-service data platform is the actual consumer side. We need to make it easy to both get that access to data products and then combine the data from them and actually query that data, <laughs> right? Very, very deep topic, but at, at the high level, we're raising the, the bar around the quality of the data that we're sharing, and we're lowering the bar to making it so you can get to that data and actually access it. So layer three, people in process. People in process is actually the most important part of data mesh. Because if all you're trying to do is is build a really great, you know, platform and and tooling capabilities, your data mesh implementation is still probably going to fail. You need to really invest in the people and process side. So we've got this big pool of data products that are easier to use and access, but we've lowered that bar. We need to also raise the capabilities of our general population. I'm not talking about the citizen data scientist concept and all that stuff. I'm talking about, we need to train people how to use data and, and to get it so that we have informed decisions with data. It's, you know, data-driven decisions makes it seem like we're, we're taking the person out of the loop here. So data-informed decisions. And so we need to do that through data literacy, right? We really need to lower those barriers, both from a technical standpoint and, and actual architecture and capabilities, but also lower the or raise the, the general populace within your company or your organization or cross-organization, whatever, um, to actually be able to leverage that data. And I do apologize. I think I hit four and a half, five minutes on that. So, uh, but hopefully that, that gets you a good understanding of what is data mesh.
Up next, more Mesh Musings. One of the aspects that Data Mesh approaches differently than I think we've seen historically with how we do data is that the data products within the domain data products within Data Mesh are designed to not necessarily answer a specific question. They are designed to be used to answer multiple questions. And if you look at um, how we've done a lot of things with stuff like the data warehouse, there you're you're taking your very specific question and you're creating all of the um, processes to get that into uh, into a very very defined format and and that. But data mesh is looking at it in kind of a way that where I think a good analogy is is like a grocery store or supermarket, right? When you go into a grocery store, at least in the U.S., you know, a, a big kind of chain grocery store, you've got all sorts of different food that's arranged in, you know, different departments. And that could be similar to a concept of a domain. And you've got it in, in lots of different states, but it's all, you know, supposedly <laughs> edible, right? And you you can more easily check on the quality of that. There's a Best Buy date or there's, you know, um, some sticker or whatever on, on the piece of fruit to say where this came from. And, and uh, you know, there, there's a lot more information that you can uh, glean about it. So you understand kind of the the quality, but also it's not that every single time you go into the grocery store, you have to ask for a purpose-built uh, grocery cart uh, of your ingredients. You're going and you're able to, you know, self-serve. You're able to go and find the different things, and and you have a repeatable experience. You know, unless you know, it's always fun when they completely rearrange the store. But it, in general, you're able to go to the same place and get the same type of food over and over and that you can be relatively assured that the quality hasn't changed. And I think that, that you're not, you're not having to ask, you know, from each time that you go in and say, well, I'm going to make this dish. So I'm going to have to go and ask this uh, person, do they have each of these ingredients in the back and that they have to go and, you know, check, do we have this in the back? Okay. Yeah, we've got it in the back. Here it is. Well, is this fresh or when did this come in? Oh, okay. I've got to go check this whole back and forth versus it's prepared for you to go and have your shopping experience, right? It's very designed so that you've got this shopping experience about what food you're going to get already when you go in and, and you you have a good sense that of what your experience is going to be like. And that's what Data Mesh is, is about. It's about making it easy to go and find that, that data and understand what that data is, you know, so 
think about food packaging and you know all the the different labeling requirements and you know you have to say what ingredients are in it and all that stuff so i, I think it, it ends up being a good analogy around do you want to do the work ahead of time so that when you have questions you can already know that the data is is in general going to be there and if it's not necessarily in the format that you need or it's not exactly um, what you're looking for, you can see who's the, the quote unquote manufacturer of that, that data product and go and ask them, hey, do you have this data? How can I get to this data? And there, there are standards that you need to deploy so that there's interoperability between your, your data products. And, you know, if you want to really, really stretch the analogy, it's like you can cook with food from different departments. <laughs> Right. You can make a meal out of, uh, you know, something that came from the, the dairy department and something that came from the fruits and vegetables side. So. But that that preparedness that, you know, that there's going to be at least something there that you can start to dig into and, and that you're, you know, you, you can understand how safe it is. Right. If you're buying something that's a little bit expired or pretty close to expiration, eh, it might not be that great. Um, so I, I think that that helps people to really grok what's the, the big difference is that the way we've done a lot of this historically is that we've had um, processes in place where every time you wanted to, to an answer a question, you had to go and, you know, bespokely build what that was, right? To answer that question, you have to go out and, and create all the data pipelines and, and uh, the transformations and all this stuff. And it's only designed to answer that specific question. And we can talk about how the data lake is different, but the data lake, you know, okay, I'm going to pump in a bunch of raw data that's just sitting there and... Um, then, you know, I'm expecting the consumer to create all of the context and maybe it's lost context in the way that it's been pushed into the data lake. And I'm expecting them to generate all the context and he it just, there, there's lots of, of challenges with that as well. Um, but I, I think this analogy helps people to explain kind of what's the big why that's such a, a change as well in in the way we've thought about it. If you can know that your data is going to be there, that's a very comforting type of feeling as well. And it does mean that you can get a lot more done. You can get uh, a lot more. Um, you can go and, and get your uh, food for a lot more meals much more quickly and easily if you know that it's going to be there and that you don't have to do a ton of the work yourself and check, is this, uh, is this food safe? What is it? What are actually in this, these ingredients and, and all of that. So hopefully that's helpful to, for you and your understanding, but also if you want to explain to others. Up next, more Mesh Musings. One thing that I think is a, a good analogy for 
what does data mesh actually get an organization that that's looking to implement it? What what are the outcomes? Oh, okay, scalability and a- agility of analytics. Okay, but what does that actually mean? And you can think of this as as data preparedness, right? Where when you have a question, you have a place to go and test that out relatively easily and quickly. Um, when you think about something like athletics, at me, high-performing athletes are doing a lot of training and before they're going out uh, on the, the field or the pitch or whatever, they're doing a lot of stretching. And so that preparation work makes it so that when something is is coming up, you have an ability to react to it. Um, you could also look at the movie Zombieland. If you haven't seen it, it's, it's relatively funny. Um, I don't know that it holds up. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a few years, but um, there are some, you know, surviving the zombie apocalypse tips that keep popping up on the screen. And, and a lot of them are about being prepared. And, and I think that sense, that analogy, it's not just that we're able to be super agile and everything like that. It's when we go to make a decision, you know, if we, we feel that the world is changing, we can inform our decisions with data much more easily. It may not be in a perfect format to be able to uh, answer every single question that comes up. I, I think the concept of trying to make this like a data warehouse in that you can answer every single query that might come up immediately and automatically is is unreasonable and is going to create a lot of toil for trying to um, to imagine every single query that could come up. But you have a pathway to getting to that those answers relatively quickly. And, and you can create, you know, consumer-aligned data products uh, that basically are there to answer specific queries or, you know, you can create that on the mesh or, or, you know, you could consume from the mesh, but that you, you can create those types of things, but that you're also there when something like, you know, COVID-19 happens where all of your, your data might be saying, you know, if you're looking back 12 months, it might be saying, you know, X, but you really get a sense that, okay, it's March of 2020, I need to be looking at what's actually going on in just the last three weeks. And I need to be able to to iterate through a whole bunch of different things that you're able to be much quicker. You don't have to go and try to say, okay, here's what my gut is telling me. I'm going to go to the domain team that has this data and then work to get on their backlog and then work on getting on the data engineering team's backlog to create a data set. And that might take three, six, nine months in some large organizations to actually get to a place where you can test what you're trying to to figure out. 
Um, and so if we can make a lot more of our decisions data informed simply by being prepared with the the data already being in an available state, in a trustable state, what does that get us from an organizational perspective? I don't think I have an answer for every company or here's what it's going to be, but I think that kind of imagine aspect could really drive a lot of great conversation. And that's where you could ask, is this the right thing for us? It It isn't the right thing for every organization, but I think asking from a, what could this mean for us standpoint is, is going to create a lot of great conversation and, you know, where you might want to take this journey if you do decide to go the data mesh route. Up next, more mesh musings. The last aspect I'll talk about today is that what, if you think about what is data mesh at a high level, you're pushing, you know, the ownership of data to the people who know it best. And you're asking them to store and serve that data in, in a way that maximizes context, but still allows for interoperability. Right. And for kind of the broad term of usability of trustability and uh, understandability and all that stuff. So you're increasing your context maximization of the data you store. When you look at the way most people uh, have done data lake, it is that they are um, taking raw data and pushing it into the data lake and then expecting the consumers to uh, to take that and kind of add the context to it upon query, <laughs> uh, which, it, you know, the consumer may not have the same context that the domain has and certainly that the, the data engineering team that's managing getting that data from the domain into the, the data lake typically doesn't. So we're maximizing the context of the data that is shared. And then we're also maximizing the usability of that data. So that is somewhat done by the platform level and somewhat done by the domain team. The domain team, we provide resources to the domain team to actually um, do this, you know, do their data modeling and their, their serving and their storing in a way where we're just providing the abstractions. They don't have to think about all of the deep um, infrastructure. They're not managing the infrastructure itself. They're, they're doing the coding, not the managing the underlying tooling. And on the usability side, you know that interoperability is obviously key. Otherwise, you just have a lot of very high quality data in data silos. But the the concept of the usability is lowering the bar to accessing and using the data. So, you know, we have access by default 
to data. You know, we mask data that should be masked within a data product, and we know what data should be masked because the people who know the data best, the domain, are the ones who are deciding what to mask and what not to. And they can go to a you know governance board, or you know you can have a a centralized team around that that is an enabler team to help those those domains with their governance decisions, but that it's not that the governance boards are the ones that are making the decision on a a one-by-one basis of, can this person get access to this? Because they don't have the context necessarily of what the data is within that data product. You think about the, um, the documentation. So you need to provide very clear documentation about what is this data? What have we done to transform it so that those users can really understand, you know, on a column by column basis or whatever, what is this? Do, do I, um, is this, does this customer meaning mean what I think it means? <laughs> now, you, Princess Bride, you keep on using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. When you go from, you know, the customer definition on a sales side to a marketing side to you know, a specific product side or whatever. It could be the person, it could be the legal entity, it could be the payer entity, which might be a parent company. There all sorts of fun stuff around that. Just that word of customer. So we think about lowering that bar in a lot of different ways. And, you know, it's it's getting access to the data and being able to use it. And very deep topic go into on later mesh musings and on um, a lot of our interviews and things like that. But then the, the kind of third aspect is raising the capabilities of your teams to participate in mesh. So on the domain side, that's providing the the resources to that team typically in the version of a data engineer or an analytics engineer um, if you provide the abstractions to that the domain team at such an amazing quality level maybe generalists can handle doing the data modeling and and thinking through those exercises about you know how would people how would this be best stored in such a way that people could use the data but you know we're providing that uh, a capability into those teams so that they can actually serve high quality, create high quality data products that are usable. And then on the consumer side, we again are lowering that, that bar to make it easier to access and use the data, but we're also really, really focusing on data literacy because you want to raise everybody's capabilities so a person can be data informed in their day-to-day decision making. This doesn't mean that I, I'm not a huge fan of the citizen data scientist concept, but it means that people can get to some information that might help them to make decisions and that it's not all on gut. But it's data informed, right? You, you might say, "Okay, I'm I'm kind of feeling X. I'm gonna um, test that out by what data I can easily get to, or I'm gonna work with a data analyst because this is a big, key, crucial decision. 
I want to make sure that I'm really thinking about this right. So I'm going to pair up with somebody to uh, make sure that I've got some really solid backing for this data. And, you know, it's all gradient, right? If you're talking about um, making a key crucial decision for the company, yes, you want to make sure that you're doing a very thorough job of answering the questions that would impact that decision, uh, you know, from a data informed standpoint, but it might also just be, okay, we're looking at running, you know, six, seven different small campaigns on Twitter. I want to check how these, these different wordings are, are doing, you know, kind of an AB testing or, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, or whatever testing um, uh, around our wording or our graphics or things like that, and that you're able to test that stuff much more quickly and easily as a person in the line of business instead of having to partner with the data team constantly to answer any questions, or that you're not having the shadow IT of building your own stacks of all these things. You've got a repeatable place to go and you know that the information is going to be there and you you know that it's if there's going to be a big change to it you can subscribe to that data product and that data product team needs to tell you that a change is happening so if you've got a crucial dashboard or whatever that's that's flowing off of that um that uh data product you you can know that something might change that's going to potentially break that and and they're going to give you versioning information and things like that. So it just makes it so that we've got, again, we're raising the context of the data. You know, when you think about kind of trying to fit everything into a single canonical model for like the historical enterprise data warehousing model, um, you're just, you're, you're chopping off lots and lots of context to make it fit into the the exact structure that it needs to be when you're thinking about kind of the way people have done data lake uh, in a lot of cases, it's that it's the raw information and, and it's, so it's very, very difficult for people who aren't um, intimately familiar with the data and aren't intimately familiar with um, structuring data and cleaning data on querying. That's, you know, what we're trying to get rid of. We're trying to get rid of, we're trying to maximize that context and lower the bar to, to accessing data and raise our people's capabilities through data literacy. What can that drive? Eh, like there's a lot of things, but I think that vision is something where you can talk to people about, we're, we're just trying to make it so that we've got <laughs> the data there and we can use it and that it's, it's trustable that we're not wasting time chasing down this same data set multiple different times, or we're not trying to ask something in a slightly different manner. So I have to go through the whole cycle of getting on data engineering's backlog and uh, on the domain's backlog to get this data when I need it in, in a slightly different angle. I know who owns that data. I can go talk to them. Uh, okay. I've got this question. I don't, I don't really get, this aspect that you're you're storing in your data product, I can go talk to that person, right? Like that's that lowering that bar. It's not just 
that the data is there. It's that it's prepared in a way that's supposed to share the, the business context. And if you don't understand the business context, you can go talk to somebody. So hopefully this is helpful um, about this and would love to, to get people's feedback about what are they trying to talk about internally when they're talking about data mesh, whether they're pro or you know skeptical and con or whatever. Um, I would love to uh, hear what people are saying and and what 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 are other pushback that I might be able to help answer. So please feel free to reach out and ping me. Hopefully that was a useful mesh musing for you. Please do rate and review the podcast. It really does help. And if you'd like to get in touch and see how I can be helpful to you, check out the show notes. I'm pretty easy to find. As I mentioned, there are some great free programs. In addition to some very affordable things around implementer intros and roundtables on the Data Mesh Understanding website. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And with that, now on to the funky outro music.